All right. Was not supposed to go for on for eternity, but uh, welcome back to the Loyalist Podcast. Um, we're your hosts, Jake Gibson and Sam Palumbo. We're back with another emergency podcast. Jurgen Klopp has announced his pseudo-retirement from managing football clubs. Um, he will be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season, um, not re-signing a new deal, um, and going on to the next chapter, whatever that may be, for Jurgen Klopp. He announced today um, via Twitter, I guess, was the first place that it was released, and uh, stated that you know he is. It's a it's a tough decision, but um, he won't be back as Liverpool manager next season. Uh, he said later in an interview that. He will not do any club or any uh, country next season um, past that. He said no other Premier League club ever, um, You know, which leads me to believe maybe there's an opening for him to come back to Liverpool. Uh, Sam, any notes? I have a note here from a Liverpool fan I'm going to read. Uh, shout out to friend of the podcast, Becca McDermott. Um, but anything you have to say first, Sam? Uh, I'd like to congratulate Mo Salah on his transfer to Al Etifak. Um, always thought he was a great fit there. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic there next season. Um, shout out to Virgil van Dyke. Uh, I'm sure he's on to greener pastures. Uh, and just in general, uh, it's great to just have a fantastic manager leave the premier league. Um, but on a serious note, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm devastated. Uh, boy, mediocrity is just so close to you. Uh, and, some of your best players are not on long-term deals, and boy, oh boy, do things look bleak right now. I actually have um, a different disposition, which I'm excited to get into with you. Um, but first, I want to, on a you know heavier note, um, I do want to credit Becca with this this piece because it's well done um, and well written. So we like to incorporate fan work. Obviously, a project of of ours over the past few months has been incorporating uh, the voices, you know, big voices of fan communities of the biggest teams in the Prem, um, which we have been able to do. Uh, so I want to continue to make sure, you know, fans feel that they have a voice on this podcast. And I, I think it's it's good to hear. So um, this is uh, from Becca on Jurgen Klopp. There's a generation of Liverpool fans who started supporting the club between the Julier and Benitez eras who grew up knowing Liverpool as the ugly stepchild, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. We tasted success in those eras. 2005 brought us arguably the greatest night of many of our Liverpool supporting lives. Julier brought us a treble. Brendan Rodgers gave us a season that had us within inches of the promised land. We had all... we. We had moments in my first 17 years of supporting this club, but that's all they were. Fleeting moments, reminders of who we could be, of who we once were. Chelsea became a force backed by a Russian oligarch. City were brought, bought by a nation state. By Rodgers' last season, we had become a mockery. Fans had lost belief. The level of play on the pitch was beyond flat. Watching football became a chore rather than an escape from reality. It increasingly felt that Liverpool were being left behind, watching as the world of football around, evolved around them. Then, in stepped Jurgen Klopp. It was almost as if you could feel the energy shift from the minute he walked through the door. You felt a sense of relief after his first press conference as he proclaimed himself the normal one and promised a trophy by the end of his fourth season. The rest, as they say, is history. You don't need me to sit here and preach about what he has done during his tenure, of the trophies he's won and the records he set. At the end of the day, the trophies and the records and the goals are just that. They're just numbers on a record board, tangible proof of the success he had at the club. Of course, every football fan wants to see their team win the biggest trophies. It's the reason we're all obsessed with this sport that makes absolutely no sense. 
but Klopp did so much more for Liverpool, the club, and the city than win trophies, all of them, may I add. He made football fun again. He revitalized a fan base that had been sleeping for far too long, willing them to fall madly, deeply in love again. He woke up the girl who spent school days dreaming of Anfield. He made me incredibly proud to support this club again, and for that, I will always be grateful. The last will come thick and fast. The last Merseyside Derby, the last Cup Final, the last game against City, the last fist pumps, the last press conference, the last match at Anfield, in true Klopp fashion, will feel all the emotions, the highs and the lows, and hope for the euphoria come May. Now we look forward to the next three and a half months, each of us with a part to play in making sure this chapter closes out the way he deserves. And as he said in his press conference today, there will be there will come a time when we can look back fondly at the nine years that he has given us. We'll lose the best manager in the world, without a doubt. However, I think when we look back at Klopp's tenure, we'll remember him for the man he was, for the selfless nature of his leadership, for the genuine care, love, and devotion he put into our football team, for the spokesperson he became off the pitch, uh, for never shying away from speaking out when it mattered most. The list goes on. From doubters to believers, he changed everything. He's etched himself into Anfield folklore. He'll never leave the hearts and minds of the Liverpool people. He made the club happy. Thank you, Jurgen Klopp. We go again one last time. Well done, Beck. Um, it's really interesting. You know, uh, I always found it crazy that some managers are so ingrained in their club's history and folklore that like part of their name, like Arsene Wenger and Arsenal, isn't the Liverpool fan side called the cop? <laughs> they sure are. It's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> it always kind of blew my mind uh, the way he connected with the fans. Um, and, you know, his name's so similar to that. But no, it's interesting, Sam, that you say they're, they're finished. You know, it's bad times. Obviously, it's tough. Um, clearly, they're Becca, diehard Liverpool fan, more so looking back fondly on the time. Um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of, I obviously he's instilled in their style and the squad revolves around him. Um, but he's kind of revitalized the fan base, as Becca's piece mentioned. He's instilled belief in the ownership group. Um, and I, I doubt this is coming at a time where it's like, okay, we won it all, so time to restart. Um, I don't think it works like American sports in that sense. And I honestly, my biggest fear as an opposing team's fan, um, Chabi Alonso is the hottest manager in Europe. Um, tactically, he's been compared to Pep. Obviously, he hasn't proved it in the Prem, but he, Dortmund have been trying for, what, 13 years to beat Bayern in the, in the Bundesliga. He's now 28 games unbeaten, 15-3-0, with a squad far less talented than Bayern Munich's squad. He has ties to Liverpool. He obviously played there in the past. They asked him today to rule it out, and he didn't. I think this is another world-class manager coming to the Premier League after winning Bundesliga in his first or second season at the helm with Bayer Leverkusen. Um, Just really impressed with him and everything I've seen. Obviously, Granit Xhaka from Arsenal big part of that squad um and i would be shocked uh if if he wants the job if it's not his they've been tied to deserby they've been tied to nagelsman but i i i think it's his to lose um and it it feels just like somebody that could pick up right where klopp left off uh even if Salah goes you know gives them the money to go get mbappe or something like that i i i look more glass half full with this than i do glass half empty i just think that every time a new manager comes to the Prem, that there's always natural growing pains, regardless how good you are. Even Pep had his issues when he first came to City. Uh, 
And I just think there's a huge learning curve, especially for a Liverpool side that's in flux. Like a lot of what we talked about with Neil is like, all right, deals are expire almost expiring for a few different players. Um, Klopp leaving, that doesn't help that situation. Basically accentuates that problem. Um, I mean, do you think Salah is going to want to sign a new long-term deal? Do you think Virgil van Dijk is going to want to sign a new long-term deal? Uh, I just don't, I don't see that happening. Um, and that, to me, is hugely problematic for them. So let's look at their contracts. Um, I think so Trent have, the other one. Um, Salah expires 2025. Um, Van Dyke expires 2025. Uh, Trent expires 2025. That um, is a this, problem. This year, Matip, Tiago, both can't stay healthy. Nat Phillips, yawn. Gravenberch, one-year deal. Um, and Adrian, the 37-year-old Brazilian keeper that I didn't know they had. Um, <laughs> 2024. Um, beyond that, 25. It's just that, I mean, that's I guess that's the big three of Liverpool this season, right? Nobody's been better than any of those three players. So it's problematic. I agree. Um, but Trent bleeds Liverpool. You know, that's not a Klopp thing. I, I would imagine he resigns. I guess your problems are Van Dyke and Salah. Um, but then again, he's on a deal till 25. And if that's the end of next season, I know it's pretty irregular for players to go into the last year of their contract extension without resigning and stay at that club. But I could see him using it as a trial run for whoever the new manager is. Um, obviously, that's tense and it doesn't breed great vibes. But... All I'm saying is if they get Xabi Alonso right away, um, I'm still scared of Liverpool next season. Yeah, I, I guess I just... I just don't see any time where, you know, this happens where everyone's just linking Xabi Alonso to Liverpool. I just never see that happen in real time where it like actually works out that quickly. Um, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is Pep. And that was drawn out for a while, him leaving Bayern to come to City. Uh, and I just don't see Chabi Alonso, especially if he wins the Bundesliga, quickly sprinting to the Premier League, which, to speak frankly, it's a much more difficult league. Like, why why would you be so motivated to leave, leave a league where, you know, you're dominating and your squad is doing exactly what you want it to? Why, why would you be so eager to sprint to Liverpool where in the past, Premier League managers, like, it's a tough job. Like, that is a grind. Um, the turnover is crazy. So, I don't know. I, I, I Maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate. But so many times, I feel like we try to match managers with clubs. And it doesn't work out that way. Um, so, I, I mean, I would be skeptical about that. I, I mean, Bayer Leverkusen isn't going to be so eager to let Alonso walk either that's the other part people just like aren't taking into account he's under contract they're not going to just be like oh yeah go ahead uh go to a different team and have the same exact job um so there's gonna have to be some kind of compensation for that as well um I mean for me Klopp he's a top three manager like undeniably in the world yes 
It's him, Pep, and who? Arteta? I mean, whoever you want can be the third spot. I mean, Ancelotti's got to be up there. Like, his resume is pretty fucking impressive. Zidane's up there for me. Like, there, there are so many managers you can put in that third spot, but I think Pep and Klopp really are undeniably the top two. Yeah. I mean, as an opposing fan, it's it's tough because I, I don't think I remember there ever being a top manager that at the that is his time of dominance if he wasn't Arsene Wenger I didn't hate you know if he managed another Premier League club um I respect Mourinho now but I hated him at Chelsea um you know how could I not him and Wenger's battles over time Sir Alex Ferguson uh, you know how obviously I respect him but I loathed how he successful he was long term um the list goes on and on uh even Pep pisses me off to no end I can't believe the way he is able to make a team play football, but the fact that he is the best manager in the world and, you know, chose this nation state to take hold of and now manages the best team in the world, it's pretty fucking annoying as well. So Klopp is the one guy who I've always struggled not to root for. Um, He's got a great personality, um, similar to Arteta. And, you know, we read Charles Watts' book, the way he was able to bring the fan base back to Arsenal in a way that, they hadn't even been under Wenger for some time. Um, I can definitely sympathize with that. Uh, Klopp really awoke these fans. Um, I guess my core memory involving Klopp would be, uh, I, I think back to that essential game on Easter last season, Arsenal playing at the at Anfield. Um, we had to get three points. Momentum was shifting, Saliba was hurt. And uh, we were up 2-0. And then um, Xhaka decided to body check Trent Alexander-Arnold, I believe it was. And the crowd woke up, Klopp woke up, and the team woke up. And it was a very entertaining draw with huge implications for the title race. Um, he's always given Arsenal respect. You know, this season they played uh, Drew and at Anfield. And, you know, afterwards he goes what a team how good are they right and uh I've always just really respected him um I I love his commitment to firepower um every team he's had at Liverpool has been really um just ruthless in attack uh and sound in defense but you know I credit that more so to Van Dyke than I would to to Klopp either way um He's he's just a really likable guy, and I feel for Liverpool fans, um, you know, without looking ahead too much, it is truly the end of an era. He, There's not too many managers that have won a Prem, especially against City. Nobody else has in this era. And, uh, and won a Champions League um, and an FA Cup. I mean, it's everything, right? Yeah, I mean, the CV is undeniable. Um also, just like his work at Dortmund as well is incredibly impressive. You know, gave us gave us Gio Reyna, gave us Christian Pulisic. So love him for that as well. Um, I don't know. I, my next thing is like, you know, where does Klopp go next? Because I, I think these guys, like, I understand his response. Like, you know, he's tired of, you know, he's tired. He wants a break. I totally get that. But. Uh, we saw Pep kind of do the same thing at Barcelona. Like, 
after you maximize a squad, like you're not eager to like embrace the rebuild. So, I mean, where where does he go next? Like, is it just Madrid? Like, what what other team could he go to that like makes sense? Like maybe Barcelona, I guess. But like stylistically, like a very different game, like the Gagan Press. Like, uh, would Barcelona kind of accept that? Like complete style change? I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it just kind of crazy news. Like, also insane that he told the club in November. And it's only getting out the end of January. That's also kind of intri- interesting. Uh, I, I found that to be uh, very strange that, you know, they basically had the entire January window where, you know, they had no idea that Klopp wasn't com- that Klopp would not be returning. So um, it's a whole I, it's a whole other conversation because like they they just announced their sporting director is gone um, immediately, like end of January window, not not when Klopp leaves. Um, cause you see this in, in sports, you see teams try to be aligned in terms of, you know, you want owner, GM, coach all on the same page and the best things can happen. And now their sporting directors out and Klopp's out at the end of the season. Um, but the sporting director came, news came right after Klopp announced. Um, and I just found that timing to be incredibly strange. Um, but the cow, uh, the, the Klopp news is totally calculated. I mean, this is his way to inspire the fans every single game. I mean, that that stadium, Anfield's going to be a zoo for the rest of the season. Um, this is, he wants to beat City with fans in the arena so freaking bad. Like, this is just his best way to do it. And I don't blame him. I I, I think it's a smart move if, you, if you're leaving. Um, but man, it's going to be a title race. Um it makes me like Arsenal's chances even less if I'm talking as a homer because this is they are they got some wind in their sails now. Yeah, I um, I mean it it has to kind of be Liverpool's title to win at this point. Um, I can only imagine home field advantage. It's just going to be a completely different animal for the rest of the year, like you kind of mentioned. Um, I'm confused about how they kept it under wraps for so long and i'm also confused that the sporting director you know klopp says he's going to leave and the sporting director kind of gets his walking papers like shortly after that um i I don't know I, i it's hard for me to have an optimistic outlook of liverpool when an entire clear out is happening and two of your three of your core players are on expiring deals um, like I, I just, I can't, that, that's not how things work out. Like you don't bring in new guys and they keep the old guard. That just doesn't, that rarely happens. Um, so, I mean, who do you think goes and who do you think stays? Of the, of the steam, the team the squad, of those, of those three in particular. I think Salah is certainly gone. Um, especially talking to Neil, uh, two weeks ago, God, Unfortunate we did not have him booked um, today or something. He probably would have canceled, understandably so, but um, would have loved to bend his ear about this uh, feel for the guy because he loves him. All all diehard fans do. Um, but he seemed to believe that Salah's fate was directly tied to the managers. Um, you know, Van Dyke's a tough one uh, because – he 
he's been like he was falling off a cliff and then he wasn't. And now this season, you know, most people would probably have him above Saliba again. Um, whether that's right or not, it's true. And he's he's on pretty good form, and obviously that goes hand in hand with Liverpool doing so well. Um, I think Kanate is perfectly suited to be the best defender on a Premier League team. I really rate him highly, but um, you know Van Dyke's been there for a really long time at this point. Um, I could totally see him taking his talents elsewhere, trying to figure on some type of either money grab one more time or win another challenge, you know, before his prime's over. Um, especially, I feel like a lot is going to be determined if they win the league this year. Because then Van Dyke's like, what What do I need to reset with? Like, what's the point? So Trent, I think, stays. I think he's the captain of this club for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the problem, right? I think Trent, like, positional value, I, right back is obviously so much lower for compared to what Salah and Van Dyke bring. Like, I, I think Trent is a fun player. Uh, definitely thinks thinking get exposed in certain matchups, but he also provides like moments of massive quality going forward. Um, you know, ball playing and as well sh- scoring. Uh, I just think like losing Salah and losing Van Dyke, like that's your spine. Like you've replaced it with what maybe delight because people have been talking about how he's unhappy with his experience at Bayern Munich, like. I guess um, just a lot of question, like what you're going to replace Mbappe with Salah. Like that would be great if that happened, but do you think Mbappe is going to want to come to a team that doesn't have a sporting director or a manager yet? Like it's a good point. I can't imagine his camp is like incredibly enticed by that opportunity. Any work they've been doing behind the scenes with Mbappe's camp, quote unquote, this has to throw a wrench into it. That's um, done. That's yeah. The, I can put that at a solid zero percent of Mbappe going to Liverpool at this point. Yeah. Um, I just I find it hard to believe like Mbappe's. It's clear that legacy is very important to him, right? Obviously, like he's he's huge in the moment for for the World Cup for France. But if it wasn't important to him, he would have taken that deal in a heartbeat to Saudi Arabia. They were offering like a billion dollars a year or something. Like it was. It was madness. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I don't rule out a, a move to the Premier League at some point, and I definitely, with his rivalry to Holland, don't expect it to be to Liverpool. Um, but it's hard to imagine that it's to, to a team with a new manager and a new sporting director and a new project. That's, that's a good point. So maybe as I talk about this more and more, it feels more bleak. Um, for Liverpool, uh, but uh, they have a hell of a title ch- challenge to worry about right now. You know, I felt better about it when I thought it was just Klopp leaving, but when it came out that Klopp's entire staff is leaving, as well as the sporting director, that's when, like, okay, this may be getting torn down at the end of the season. Um, and that that to me is incredibly troubling. Like it's so easy to think like things are going to be fine and we're going to get the right guy. But like we've seen historically like clubs after having like generational managers, like they don't get it right. Like they just never have gotten it right after that next hire. Uh, And I think Chabi Alonso could be that guy, but I can't see him leaving that quickly because why would he want to? 
I think we've seen in the past too, it's really hard when pretty much like a club like that, obviously it's it's going to be a miracle wonder story if they win the Bundesliga, but clubs like that, whose probably main goal entering the season is Champions League for them to go the season that they do get Champions League. Not great. Um, I, like I'm pretty sure that's what's going on right now with Zuba Mendy, the player that Arsenal have been linked with forever to Sociedad. Um, obviously for that team to get, last 16 was a huge deal um and now like he's linked again uh for the winter and he's like i kind of want to do the last 16 with sociodad like this would be shitty otherwise so um it's perfectly reasonable so i could see another year for chabby alonso if not maybe they try it with a different manager who do you think because they've been linked with um unai which would be very funny um they've been linked with uh nagelsman who doesn't have a club, right? He's he's just Germany's manager. Um, and they've been linked with Deserbi, who seems like a likely candidate as well. I, I put the top of my list, Chabi Alonso and Deserbi. But the other ones that the Athletic mentioned was uh, Inzaghi, Thomas Frank, which would just become comedic. Um, and the funniest option was Postacoglu. And then a guy <laughs> named... <laughs> and then a guy named Michelle, um, who I don't know. Um, the best was a tweet that I saw um, that Spurs fans were like, oh, no, Liverpool are going to come after Postacoglu the first season that he has a great season with us. They can fuck off. And then it was the meme of the guy that's like viciously grabbing a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And it's like, relax, bro. Nobody's taking it from you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Nagelsmann, like, Nagelsmann gives me strong Cliff Kingsbury vibes. Like, at one point, like he had, he was coaching Patrick Mahomes, and it went well. But like, as you get further away from that, you realize like he probably limited Patrick Mahomes, and like Nagelsmann every time they're like, "This is the guy," he doesn't, doesn't deliver get the job. Yeah. So like, so and now like you know Germany is underperforming. And like they're going into these this Euros like having one of the worst stints like the German national team has had in a long time. So like, it's cool that his agents like put in feelers out there because they'll probably get canned by Germany after that they, they, they like disappoint hosting the Euros. But like, he's like a very not serious candidate to me. Is that is that harsh? Like, N- Nagelsmann? Yeah. No, I don't think it's harsh at all. I, I it's always been strange. Like he was. I thought Fabrizio said, here we go to Chelsea, right? And it just didn't happen. Yeah. I think somebody else stepped in. I forget which fucking manager it was. Probably, I think it might have been Potter. Um, he might have just said no at the last minute. I'm not sure why. And he's only ever managed the Bundesliga, uh, I believe, in, uh, as a club manager. He was linked with PSG, too, I think. Um, but he's only ever managed uh, Hoffenheim, Leipzig, and um, Bayern Munich. Right or did he end up with PSG for a year? No, he was just a Bayern. Or yeah, he was just a Bayern. I want to say. Yeah. yeah now, right. now he's the manager of German national team who, um, he hasn't had the chance to do anything with. So, I don't know. I don't know when they probably won't make their appointment until after the Euros anyway. So maybe that'll be an audition. Um, see how he does with Germany then. But I don't, I don't see him as the prime candidate. Like this, this, if he were to jump in, I know he's German, but if he were to jump into this Klopp system and go trial by fire into the Premier League, I can't imagine that he's 
he'd be fine. I, I just think the Spanish see football differently in a way that translates pretty well to the Premier League. Like even Unai's bad years at Arsenal weren't that bad, and he was dealing with some brutal squads when you look back at it. Um, you know, he's him, um, Arteta, Pep, like they they can manage in the Premier League, and they've demonstrated that in Emery. Um, even when he was, even when he had haters, I'm saying like he he was able. So I'm I'm trying to back up the point that I don't know that Nagelsmann could back, could jump right in, but I do think Chabi Alonso could. Um, that being said, I feel like I feel like the most likely of those names is Deserby. Yeah, that feels right. Um, you know, and their links to Brighton as well, like buying players from there, uh, McAllister. That I mean that that feels right to me, um, you know, kind of that exciting brand of football and as much shit as we get in Brighton, like they've really done well for themselves without having like their their squad fit, which you know he won't really deal with those issues at Liverpool. Um, I mean, I like the fit there. Uh, would be very intriguing to see though, like. You know, we saw Potter, how much he struggled at Chelsea. Like, does that make Liverpool a little more reluctant to pay off Brighton for Deserby and it potentially not go well? Uh, I, I think that has to be part of their evaluation. Is like, last time, we just saw a club do this, and it didn't go well for them. Yeah, I. it's tough. It, you got to struggle to put a number on how much you can... Um, value the manager's performance when you have a scouting network as good as Brian's. Um, I don't know exactly how much that manager's performance is always worth. Um, Potter, though, far different manager to Deserby. I feel like Deserby kind of spews big club energy, whereas, uh, did I say Potter? I meant Deserby kind of spews big club energy, whereas Potter always felt like a good fit at Brighton, not much more. I, I, I struggled with that appointment um, when it came to Chelsea, and obviously they did too. Um, I feel like Deserby kind of has it in terms of like the it factor that the big club managers tend to have. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a gut thing, but I kind of get that vibe. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has that like grandiose personality that honestly reminds you of Klopp, like – you know, yeah. freaking out on the sidelines, um, that kind of passion. Uh, never something we really saw from Potter. He just looked like a deteriorating human. Like the basically the, the instant he was hired by uh, <laughs> Chelsea. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough day to be a Liverpool fan. I think like shit could get very serious um, this this off season, depending on who they go with the sporting director. It also adds that interesting wrinkle. Like we talked about city um, or excuse me, we talked about United trying to find a sporting director. It now becomes an interesting dynamic where, you know, these guys can kind of play Liverpool and United against each other uh, on who goes where, um, who, who's a better project for you if you're a sporting director. So here's the thing that I, I feel like I didn't understand about this job until I was older, you know, and followed the NBA more closely. Like, you really got to understand at at the, the, at the end of the day, like, these 
these people are just like me or you, they're people and they need to worry about like their families and, you know, hopefully securing generational wealth. You want to keep your job. So that alone kind of tells me Liverpool is the place to go. I mean, it's not, they're not as volatile in terms of like, fuck you, you're out. Like even when it was Brendan Rogers, like it was pretty, it was um, pretty uh, mediocre, medi- mediocre for quite a while um and they gave him time uh i think they're much more sensible as a word we like to use um than a team like manchester united who if you do a bad job over a year and a half you're probably gone whether it's manager or sporting director or what have you so uh, just that alone i'm gonna choose liverpool um but then again the glazers might offer you more money so hard to say but i feel like I feel like the more sensible choice and better project uh, in turn is Liverpool. See, I feel like if you have the autonomy to get rid of the manager, like if you could get rid of Eric Ten Hag, I think United may be a more intriguing project than Liverpool long term. Based off of the squad? Yes. Based off the I fact guess. that you basically have to go find someone that can recreate most. My, my entire thing is I think this basically means Salah is gone. Um, I would find it fascinating if Salah decided to stay. Um, just because, like, not that he's bigger than Liverpool, but, like, I mean, he's a Ballon d'Or winner, and do you think he wants to re-sign to stick around in, like, one of the harder leagues when he's seen everyone go get paid? And, you know, his future could be up in the air about what manager comes in. Like, I, I just can't imagine he gets behind that project. Um, and if that's the case, like Liverpool squad is in a really strange place and I would just prefer to go to United where you're going to have more money and you're going to be able to hire your own manager as well. I mean, let's go worst case scenario for a second, like without Salah, without Van Dyke, and with a new coach first year in the Prem or Deserby, what is this team? Like Spurs? Fit. Yeah, fit. Yeah. Exactly. Spurs. Um, <laughs> it's fair. No, nah, that, that, that was my gut that, reaction fifth. Yeah, I feel like there's no world beater there as, as good as Jota can be. I mean, Nunez stepped into that role against Bournemouth, and we like Bournemouth. but And, and I do rate Kanate, but I you can't just replace two of the guys that walk into the world 11 right now, right? Yeah. So... I agree. Um, sorry to end this gloomy. Just I think the more I talk about it, the worse I feel for you guys uh, long term. I hope you get Chabi Alonso, but Sam kind of pointed, made me go into the direction that it's less likely next year. Maybe more of a, maybe more of a after the first hire type deal with less pressure. Um, I think we saw that with Arteta. I don't know if that was the reasoning, but um, in that book I referenced earlier, Revolution by Charles Watts, I didn't realize Arteta was so close to getting the job the first time around. Um, but he actually he actually went pretty far in the um, hiring process against Unai. They gave it to Unai, and then obviously, um, as history shows, Arteta got the job eventually because they liked him a lot. But I could see it being a situation like that. Maybe they go with somebody else. It doesn't go well, and then Chabby's he's ready. What would be the funniest hire? Post a Koglu for sure. <laughs> I uh, like <laughs> for me. He hasn't done, 
Oh yeah, I mean that's that would be kind of sad because I don't think he's got it anymore. And Mourinho would be sick in the in the sense that like Klopp is like a coach's guy and like Mourinho is just like the polar opposite of that. It's like you either perform or I fucking discard you. Um, it so, would be funny to see Mourinho come back and be like, guys, like I'm back and now it's like me versus Pep again, and everybody be like, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if he did it though, like he may be the goat, not sarcastically. <laughs> if he came back and won the title. Yes. Yeah, that's a big if. It like if I scored forty thousand points in the NBA, I'd probably be a goat. But it's true. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But I think that's everything on this. Um, we covered a lot. I'm proud of that. I didn't think we had thirty seven minutes of club talking us. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think it really shapes up the entertainment value for the rest of this season. Big time. Um, really excited for this title challenge now. I hope Arsenal can keep up with Liverpool and City. Um, but at the very least, like Liverpool and City are going to be going head-to-head with with De Bruyne back and now this win behind their sales, Liverpool's sales. So really excited um, for the rest of the season as a as a neutral Prem fan. Hopefully Arsenal can, can be in the mix, but we'll see. Um, any last notes, Sam? Sometimes you do walk alone. Wow. I'm just going to end that there. My job. (laughs) See you guys. Talk to you on Monday.